<laughs> Wait, your patriotism is paper thin, man. <laughs> I'm a fair weather fan of, of America. Oh, on the line. Shock blew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. Hey, Caitlin. Chris, how are you? Good. How are you this week? It's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to be here with you. So I was uh, I was excited. Well, I was not excited that the U.S. lost to Australia, but I was excited that the deciding match was a curious query match. Pretty crazy. Yes. Pretty crazy. And great. And a great match, actually, at that. For yeah. The most, like, curious. And I want to acknowledge right off the bat, uh-huh. uh, we have a not uncharacteristic schism uh-huh. You and I do about the pronunciation That's of true. this guy's last name, and I went to, and I assumed I was right because I'm usually, I usually am about yes. pronunciations, and you were not. Right. Um, right. And I did some research, and the commentating crowd is similarly divided. Okay. Do you have a reason to prefer yours, or just you grew up in Montreal and you're somehow better at this stuff? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think it relates to my pronunciation of the sandwich with lamb meat that is shaved from a meat funnel. Which. Huh. Would you go ahead and tell me how you pronounce that? A gyro. Aha! Yeah. I pronounce it a gyro. Oh, there we go. There we, we go. figured it out. Yeah, totally. How about we just call him Nick? <laughs> just call him Nick, right, because Nick Baltieri is kind of out of the game. So There's, there's an no op- other Nicks. There, yeah. There's an opening for Nick. Okay. Happy for Nick. Uh, <laughs> actually was rooting for Australia. Glad he won. Totally. And he said, after the after the match I read, where he was talking about sort of like generally being more positive, and he was like, it's good. I go back to the hotel now not hating the game. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is a grim window <laughs> into yeah. what his career has been like so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, his career has been pretty great. Like, I think he has winning records against like Djokovic, uh, Nadal, and Federer. Right. Like, yep. he's maybe not even winning records, but he's notched wins against all of them, which is not, you know, you can't say that for any other do it under 25 exactly. including Zverev and team like the other like guys who are expected to be really good so like he's awesome to be clear uh Definitely. but yeah like kind of teetering on the edge yep yeah i i like when i watch him it's exciting in the same way where like young del potro where you felt like uh okay so he's not the favorite in this match but i'm not going to be stunned if he blows fetter off the court you know what i mean yeah totally completely his super high ceiling super high ceiling when he kind of pulls it all together for like those stretches of games you're like whoa this guy's unbelievable even against Federer who like I think we can all agree is like you know playing the best tennis of his life right now uh-huh. Nick has tons of ceiling but the question is just like how's his head yeah and you know I think we have like encouraging signs based on him being more positive pulling together a really comprehensive win for Australia whose outfits were vastly superior by the way which d- did not not influence my opinion <laughs> About who should win? Yeah, sure. <laughs> boy, boy, your patriotism is paper thin, man. <laughs> I'm a fair weather fan of of America. Plus, not for nothing, but like all these dudes of from America like voted for Donald Trump. So, like, sorry, John Isner and like you know Sam Query and uh, Jack De- Dennis Johnson. Jack, I don't know how Jack Sock voted. I okay. have to. I hope that he voted not for. Donald Trump, but I kind of think he did. Huh. So it's like not the most, I don't know. I mean, forgive me for making it political, but I right. feel like, you know, ever since before, which is an now a euphemistic way of re- in America of referring to like the great tragedy that befell us all, you know, <laughs> like ever since before that, I wouldn't have cared that much because it is about the tennis, but now it seems like everything's about everything and everything's political. And right. just think- wait, just tell me something terrible about Australian politics and I'm sure, you know, my patriotism will return. Uh, sure. Although you could just say something terrible about Nick, uh, 
curios, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, if, you probably could. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, does voting for Donald Trump make Isner more objectionable than what Kyrgios said to Stan? About um, how his Australian teammate had yep. sex with Stan's girlfriend? Yes. Yes, it does. It does. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's so tough. But it's, I'm glad you brought it up because, as you know, I'm a feminist first. <laughs> But I'm actually, you know what? Maybe I'm a human being first. Who can say? But, you know, I'm glad that tennis, the game of tennis is making me really grapple with these, the big questions. <laughs> these are the big questions. Um, and actually, since we're on the topic, uh, we got a lot of reader feedback after our last episode from Wes Needham of Chicago, who also, uh, he's uh-huh. a steadfast friend of the pod. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he has yep. been having mm-hmm. very similar feelings where he's saying, uh, I think he said something like, I would not be sad if Nick got punched in the face and yet, and yet found myself rooting for the guy, especially over the last couple of months. So like now it feels like we have this like sort of consensus opinion about this guy who, you know, prior to, I think the last couple of months, I mean, he remember he tanked a match. He like practically served underhand a couple of months ago. He got fined. He like went to therapy. He got in a row with John Mack, which kind of like, you know, I'm not necessarily inclined to take Johnny Mack's side to be honest. So it's a, it's been a sea change. For right. young Nick, I think. And I'm I'm right. squarely in his corner, and I think a lot of main draw listeners are too. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, still, he's like one of those guys that you forget how young he is because he made such a strong impression when he was, like all those. Yeah, they're all like 23, exactly. Young. So, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. as another yeah. uh, pod listener notes, uh, Brianne from South Carolina, he might travel with his own barber. Oh, wow. He is, he is, that his hair game is super tight. It looks perfect. Super tight. We have not seen hair like this and you know that this is a frequent topic of uh of major discussions hair right. the hair game and i think nick is nailing yeah. it i don't know that there's another player who's nailing it i mean i kind of feel like zverev's um like kind of curly mop doesn't do him any favors i think it would be better were it like maybe like even high and tight or he just like went real you know real the vertical maybe yeah like kid who's kind of a dark horse in this is uh Raunich. His hair, like he went <gasps> all the way. Yeah. Like he is like, it like it's some it rest somewhere between like Mad Men and the Weimar Republic, but it's like <laughs> Weimar it's like, Republic is a totally. It's on like point. totally. <laughs> he, it's like almost too much, but a vast improvement over. It's before, interesting. Yeah. So in the upcoming issue of Racket, our I dare say finest issue to date, which we should talk about probably on a, an episode very soon because it's on the precipice of release. Um, he, we have an interview with his haberdasher, the guy who designs all of his outfits, and they have a very close collaborative relationship. Wow. And in the piece, we have a description of his general look as stockbroker handsome, which I feel like totally yeah, nails totally. the Weimar Republic totally. slash, you know, uh, kind of banker blend of Mad Men that you're <laughs> describing. It's an interesting look. I really like that he's going for it. And totally. he's getting more singular, which I always applaud. I really like when they sort of go hard on that one aesthetic choice yeah it's perfect because he's so awkward otherwise and before new balance got things hammered out he was wearing some pretty terrible polo shirts so (laughs) yeah no polo shirt is shirt is not the look for him you really have to like speaking of by the way Mm -hmm. um a late uh contender for outfit of the year i don't know if you've uh checked out benoit pair he is an up-and-coming frenchman who is one of the few men on the tour to sport a full beard yeah Yep. Which has got to be hot. I mean, as a lady, I mean, we've already talked about your lack of skills growing facial hair, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to, frankly, offer much more to the conversation than I am, but, like, that's going to be hot, no? Yeah, yeah, I, I, but there are soccer players that, out there have it. I don't know. Yeah. 
I just can't imagine playing with a full beard. I mean, especially because this guy's in Marrakesh right now, Benoit Pair I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Full beard. Same thing with uh, Feliciana Lopez, the yeah. uh, you know visual candy of the, the male tour. <laughs> exactly. And uh, these guys look incredible. But the reason I'm bringing up Benoit Pair is actually, and Feli Lopez while I'm at it, they both have incredibly tight shorts. Uh, huh. The latter, Feliciano, f- outfitted by Alessi, uh-huh. which I believe is a German brand, and Benoit, of course, wearing Lacoste. And yeah. they are both like kind of bum huggers. Wow. And short. And I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, they're both kind of uh, like 80s kind of brands, at least in the U.S. Like that's that's so it makes sense. And they're both kind of 80s looking yeah. dudes. Like they definitely look like a villain in like a John Hughes movie. <laughs> like they could be wearing like aviators, you know, and kind of showing up and like kicking sand in somebody's chest and like, you know. Yeah making out with the girl with too much eyeliner i feel like it not, i mean if nothing else this is it like cements the fact that that genre that era yeah. is back well, and i couldn't right. be happier i mean it's sort of bound to happen in basketball too at some point right like i've, I've i keep rooting for I it mean, i don't I feel, know i feel like the short short is really it's a beautiful right. thing i feel like the know? really extreme era of basketball shorts uh being like past the knee that's over but it's kind of stalled out so. as above the knee you know but yeah for no reason either i feel like you know i could i could really do with a i mean i don't need it to be you know like the the three inches below the waist but you know <laughs> you're a reasonable high person, socks Caitlin. but i i'm a reasonable person exactly but the mid calf or sorry mid thigh like showing a little leg super into it i feel like that's just like a debonair <laughs> look and i'm delighted because it couldn't happen a better time now it's clay yep. season my favorite time of the yep. year um culminating in the french open and we've got all these beautiful visually sumptuous red clay courts to look at because all the tours taking place like in monte carlo and oh, marrakesh yeah. locations amazing rome locations. and madrid yeah it's like if i just followed and by followed i mean flew myself to parts of the tour this would be it this would be the only one i would bother doing do you think there are really you know? wealthy people out there that follow the tour like deadheads where like yeah yeah I never thought about that until right now. There's got to be, right? Yeah, I think so. I think they have yachts. Wow. We need to meet them. <laughs> uh, first, learn whatever language they speak, because it's certainly not English, and then <laughs> meet them. No, it's like Swiss right. German or like Italian. <laughs> right. Wrong yeah. canton. I feel like between the two of us. <laughs> Definitely romance languages, yeah. though, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe they're like Russian and oh, Chinese boy. now. Yeah, could be. I mean, I speak a little Mandarin, so <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> right. That's up to you to learn Russian, so now you're... Right, that's you. you... Well... Good segue. Speaking of Russian, Marie's Marie's coming Ooh, back. Yeah. She sure is. Have you seen the uh, cacophony of press, the drumbeat uh, of of media coverage she has elicited? Yeah, I... All very favorable, all very proactive, which tells you a yes, lot. No? But I was reading something about that. Like she's like, are some players talking shit about her out there? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Which is actually kind of surprising. Not surprising that they don't like her. I think it's sort of an open secret um, that not very many people on the tour, you know, she's kind of isolated and she's a little bit on the haughty side. And I don't think she, she uh, you know, may, has, has gone to great lengths to like, you know, they use, use euphemisms like popular in the locker room or like a tour favorite. And then you just like never hear those descriptors <laughs> right. attached to her. Right. So I think you can assume like not those things. <laughs> You know, and to catch everybody up, this is Maria Sharapova, the former world number one Russian band for two years, but then it was reduced to, I think, 14 months or so uh, for taking melodonium, an over-the-counter drug, illegally, doping. Uh, 
and now has gotten a wild card into Stuttgart, which is a big tournament, uh, later this month in Germany, where uh, her sponsor Porsche is the main sponsor of the event. Um, a wild card is sort of only afforded to players who have like are coming back from injury or like a local favorite who like is on the way, you know, back into the right. top ranks. Um, not usually used for players who are sort of coming back from a from a rough patch, whether it's because they haven't played well or. In no. her case, been this is banned. Not Monica Seles. It's back. not Monica yeah, Seles. Right. She does not have you know the pity of uh, humanity after getting stabbed by an overzealous fan for her opponent. Um, what do you think about that? By the way, I don't know that I'm ups- I'm. I guess I'm just super not surprised that they would give her a wild card. I mean, she sells tickets. Period. Uh, yeah. So I'm not saying I'm right. like the most cynical sports consumer, but like when people were like, "Oh my god," and by people I mean people, people like us, but players too. They were like, "Well, right. does she deserve it?" And it's like, no, of course she doesn't deserve it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although, I mean, she has had like a serious career. Like, it's not like, I don't know, it's not like a cornucopia kind of thing. Yeah, it's not like, totally stunt casting. Like, if we were right. to get a wild card, you're huge in Marrakesh. Really put it. Uh, everyone uh, knows that about me. Seats. Um, <laughs> Moroccan so, asses so, and yeah. Moroccan seats. A Caitlin Thompson story. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not super like, oppo- like opposed to the idea that she gets a wild card just because it's like, I don't know. It seems like she's good for tennis. And also, it, she could feasibly make a pretty deep run. And if she shows up and gets decimated because she hasn't played on the tour for a year. Right. And, like, you know, embarrasses herself. And then other tournaments start to give her wild cards. Maybe that'll be, you know, an indication that, like, oh, well, she. But it seems, you know, like just like Victoria Azarenka, who's coming back from having a kid. Uh, so she says at the uh, the Stanford tournament in the middle of the summer, like, she could yeah. probably make a deep run. She will probably deserve a wild card. Yes, definitely. I mean, yeah, that you're making me think that with the Sharapova thing, I just, it seems so obvious I didn't even like reflect upon <laughs> whether it was like moral or not. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, of course. Yeah, no, exa- exactly. Huge name. Right. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, Derek totally. Rose is coming back, but meh. You know, <laughs> he did something we didn't like once. It's like, yeah, but, you know, well, it's Derek right. Rose. He's coming back. What it taught me was not that like the tour did something I didn't expect it to or that like, the tournament you know didn't flex on her but rather that the players must hate her so much because they said something yeah. right like right. even caroline right. wozniacki who's like famous for being like serena williams lassie right. i feel really bad by the way <laughs> somebody else um in the reader mail that we got after this episode um was telling me that they found it extremely funny that i described caroline wozniacki's tennis as like a personal affront which you know to be fair it <laughs> is to me but also you know right. i don't make the claim that everyone should hate her is that a totally. is that enough of a yeah CYA? totally <laughs> and it's super personal for you because you yes it's based in you personal said trauma. lost you lost the players exactly like her and so like when you're seeing her it's with the gaze of like uh a devastated college tennis player. yeah i have pain in my eyes when i watch her play tennis as opposed to you know watching somebody like bouchard who just kind of seems kind of mean and i'm like well i don't really root for her because she seems kind of mean and i remember playing mean right. girls but it's you know i never felt like victimized by mean girls the way i felt victimized by pushers you know what i mean speaking <laughs> exactly. of i watched her play an itf match uh, which and for anybody who doesn't know an itf match is like kind of the level below the main sort of tournaments of the, the a, pro tour. A level below the main draws. Yeah. Certainly a level below the main draws. <laughs> a level below the qualifying into the main draws. And it's right. below that. Like, you know, whereas like the purse in Marrakesh or Istanbul or Stuttgart, you know, the next couple of weeks is like a million or $2 million or like $500,000. This is like 50000 
So little. Yeah. And that's like for all the players. So like if you make it to the finals, you get like 20. If you, you know, lose in the first round, you get like 100. Um, and Jeannie Bouchard is playing one of these right now in Florida. Um, and to give you some context, I was streaming it live and she was playing a really, really young American. Actually went three sets with her. And like the court looks like a court at like your neighborhood fancy club. <laughs> but like you could okay. see people, but not like a club club, not like a like a tennis tournament. But it was like pretty small, and I was kind of like, yeah. "Huh." Judy Bouchard kind of fell out of the top top ranks and hasn't really won a match, I think, in in a couple months, and so has gone back to the lower level to sort of like earn here her way are. back. And here we yeah. are, and like yeah. that's kind of cool, actually. Kudos to it her. Is. Like she and and people are saying actually in the context of Maria that like she should Maria should do the same thing. She should go back to these tiny tournaments and like tiny towns. I think the one Bouchard is playing is like in a small town in Florida, not like Miami or Tampa, like a place that I have right. not heard of. And right. um, you know, and and sort of earn her way back into the good graces of the tennis establishment. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, it's also hard because she's 29. Like she doesn't have a lot of time to build up tons and tons of points yeah whereas bouchard is like 23 exactly remember when when uh, agassi like dropped out of the top one million and then you you remember this so well it's such it was such like an amazing story it did it's to the point of like i remember the grainy footage that they would put on sports center once in a while of him where it was like an oddity it was like where you were meant to pity him that like he was playing a tournament (laughs) that didn't have proper cameras or whatever passed for that in 1998 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like do you feel like when you watch tv that's like not from the hd tv era you're just like oh i get my Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I can't even imagine like what in that era passes bad yeah. TV. Like, like a, just like, VHS. like amateur yeah. porn. <laughs> like you're just like trying to like look for moving bodies between like static <laughs> images. Yeah, I did that. I don't know about who you. among us, Caitlin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, uh, I had some very exciting news for us, which is that we are getting a new tournament in the New York City area. Did you read about this? What? Yeah, well, it's not no. a new tournament, but the Memphis Open is relocating to the new Nassau Coliseum in 2018, next February. Eat it, Memphis. <laughs> Eat it, Memphis. Although, look, uh, the Memphis tournament, I've watched matches from that. I don't have any amazing memories. I do have memories of the best trophy in tennis, which is... Oh, did the Memphis tournament have the best trophy in tennis? Is a guitar. It's like a, a to-scale gilded guitar. I don't know whether... It's a playable guitar, but last year when Kane Nishikori won it, great player, but it's so much larger than him. It looked like uh, like the costume jewelry <laughs> version of a guitar. <laughs> and then runner-up is a gold f- app for no... The runner-up trophy bears no relation to, to, to the other one in shape. It's a framed gold record <laughs> nope. that uh, Taylor Fritz got last year oh. um, i'm gonna say something first of all what do you think these guys do with their trophies do you think they have a room or it's like in their parents house back in like slovenia I think or it what? varies a lot dude to dude um like i imagine Andy, Andy murray has like a very tasteful room with his trophies right mm. um i feel like he just puts them in the garage in a box actually but they, okay so he has a tasteful room that he never goes in how's that yeah. aha okay fair whereas like some of them i feel like have like trophy rooms yeah definitely definitely would you be a trophy room type or uh, put them in a box type? It's so hard to project myself into a life where I win trophies. Um, <laughs> uh, just for the sake of uh, this okay, podcast, yeah. just picture, if you will, uh, a life where you were in trophies. Yeah, I think I'd probably like keep them at my parents' place or something. Like, I think it'd be weird to just have them 
there. Although I think I'm having trouble like thinking outside the box of a New York City style apartment <laughs> where like even a medium sized trophy would totally dominate a room. <laughs> okay, but think about you know you're not thinking about the three sixty here. If you had enough trophies, oh. you would not live in a typical New York City apartment. You could afford theoretically like a tasteful, like, you know, exposed brick staircase for your duplex <laughs> where like your Wimbledon trophies reside. Okay. I'm not saying that's where mine would go. Right. Right. But they might. Sure. Um, okay. Where, like I might want everyone who walked into my apartment and took the stairs up in my duplex to see my Wimbledon trophies. Yeah. God, this is a dizzying hypothetical. Cause then, yeah, I'm the kind of person that wouldn't be ashamed, <laughs> like weirdly ashamed of having trophies. There's like a lot of work to do here, but, <laughs> but at any rate, I'm uh, sorry I made you confront these deep specters of your mind. Uh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk about a silly guitar. Um, but basically, <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, like, uh, like in this, so here's here's a one great. We're gonna have a tournament that is a LIR train ride away, because um, it's like a pretty legit tournament. You know what I mean? Like like real players play there. Um, no okay. one's gonna go the first year. It's gonna be great. No uh -huh. one. And yep. so um, I'll go with you. We'll have that done. Um, and if since it's in the new, does that mean it's gonna be indoor? If it's yeah, it'll have to be. It's February indoor tennis, Caitlin. Exciting. I don't think you like it. I'm gonna tell you, you something. You don't I like hate it, right? Everything about this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Indoor tennis is upsetting. Mm -hmm. Long Island is upsetting. <laughs> wow. The Nassau Coliseum is upsetting. upsetting. This is the new one. This is, this is the new one. The old I'm one upset. was upsetting. I'm, I'm very upset. Yeah. I'm like, I'm practically too upset to speak. So, but would you rather be in Memphis? Yes. Really? A hundred percent. Wow. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Okay. And not related to the guitar, which I'm not sure that I like, but. Okay. Even getting beyond the guitar and the, the gold record, um, I feel like. America has very few regionally distinct travel locations. Uh -huh. I feel like Chicago might as well be Seattle, might as well be Boston. Uh -huh. And a city like Memphis, which has some like joie de vivre uh -huh. and flavor and, you know, regional specificity, yep. at least in terms of cuisine and history, uh -huh. uh, you know, is, is to be savored. Yeah. And showcased, you know, like New Orleans doesn't have a tournament and I can't imagine it would because it seems like it's, you know, basically like an armpit for most of the year, despite it being like one of America's, you know, gems. Yeah. But like Memphis, you know, Memphis is like New Orleans light. Right. I mean, does this sort of bode ill for in Indianapolis? I, I mean, I guess that's like a super well-established tournament, but there are some like very, very medium sized cities that have pretty big tournaments here. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that's in somewhere terrible is Cincinnati. And forgive me, because I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of um, <laughs> a bunch of very angry um, responses about that. And you know, maybe I haven't spent that much time in Cincinnati. It's not even Cincinnati; it's in Mason. Yeah. Um, you know, which might be cool. I'm I'm going to try to actually go this year, maybe. Well, you are so. backpedaling something fierce on this. I'm, I'm going to go. You know what? <laughs> you know, you, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm just going to volunteer to string rackets for players. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> hey, Cincinnati organizers, I will gladly show up and volunteer my time free of charge for the two weeks of the tournament no i won't because i don't think since he's cool and i'm not sure they have any good food which is always like Go. what i base my travel decisions on but you uh -huh. know uh yeah so i think it does bode ill frankly yeah. i think like america should be highlighting it's you know it's it's cool regional sort of uh destinations totally and memphis is certainly that to me you know yeah. maybe i'll be surprised by mason ohio if i end up going but um nasa county hard to make that claim I mean, it's a pretty Long Island is a pretty distinct culture, but it does make you think like, what are what what is the Long Island trophy going to be like? 
There's going to be a lot of bad jokes about what it should be like. Like, oh, it's going to be like a bust of Billy Joel and blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> they really got to thread, yeah. thread the needle between like that and something that's just like shitty and boring, you know? Oh, I know. I know. Okay. Barefoot Contessa, a statue of Ina Garten, America's sweetheart. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So some, and you're totally laughing, but you do not know who she I is, do you? Do you no never idea. watch the cooking show Barefoot Contessa? It's I, amazing. I have, she just makes like tiny bunt cakes for her economist husband, Jeffrey. And it's so relaxing because everything's in wax paper and it's based in the Hamptons. It's amazing. It's like, is this a, like, is, it's like Xanax is this, for is this moms. Like a kid's cartoon? No. It sounds like a good kid. <laughs> it sounds like a kid's cartoon. It's like 36 year old aspirational living. Wow. Ina Garten. She just, everything is in a soft light. It's in her house in the Hamptons. There's fresh cut flowers. And she just like makes really simply executable meals for her husband, Jeffrey, who's always working in another room on like his latest book. It's amazing. It's an incredible show. Ask your wife. Michelle has seen the show and she probably loves it. Uh, Michelle, Mich- Michelle grew up in like a lefty commune. She had, knows nothing about television. God bless her. It's just Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That's her passion. That's her television passion, which is cool. Well, yeah. you just made her sound like a stoner. So <laughs> awesome. So maybe, maybe I should withhold judgment until you and I can go to the Long Island tournament. I think but it's... like, if my experience on the uh, Long Island Railroad to get to and from Queens to uh-huh. see Flushing Meadows is an inexperience, I'm not sure like an extra 40 minutes tacked onto that. Right. Uh, to see an indoor tennis tournament, it was going to make me pumped. But like, I don't want to be, um, you know negative about this so i will wait and see yes i am 100 percent all in on having tennis that close that's like a pretty I, not a, like a tournament worth paying for there are players there worth paying to see i love it i love i love your attitude i think i would just rather go to like connecticut i see and like go to the connecticut open but you know what we should all aspire to have like a red clay court tournament like monte carlo because that for my money if anybody is listening to the show who does not watch t- tennis ever do yourself a favor and turn on the TV next week when tennis is taking place in Monte Carlo. So the glamorous. tournament it's is, crazy. oh my God, it's the center court is on the harbor and they shoot it so that you're looking out on this like dazzling, glittering harbor of like sailboats. Yep. And it's like cliffside. It's like breathtaking. You know what you like? It's, it? like, it's because it's like a James Bond set and you love it. It is Bond. like a James Bond set. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Goldeneye has a pivotal scene that takes place in the Monte Carlo harbor. Wow. Right before that Russian lady kills someone with her thighs. Wow. As everyone remembers. Deep cut, Caitlin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Pierce Brosnan ears, I think, were were ridiculed, but there were some gems in there. Yeah. Wow. Um. Anyway, so, Chris, we should probably wrap this up. Yes. Because I anticipate the next episode to be a doozy. Want to know why? Why is that? Well, we're going to talk about Racket Issue number three, if you can stomach it. I can totally stomach it. So it's a great magazine, Caitlin. Thank you. I'm delighted. And I actually think this is, uh, like I said, our best issue yet. I think it's going to be um, pretty awesome. And uh, I hope, just as we did for the first two issues, to be able to get some of the contributors um, uh, on on the line. Uh, the best, the most exciting one uh, is we got professional tennis player Andrea Pekovic to write something for us. And I think she's going to be doing some more writing for us in the future. She's obviously fun and great and interesting. Um, and we have just like this incredible selection of writers who have tackled everything from like Maria Sharapova's inner turmoil to the man who was Boris Yeltsin's like private tennis coach who briefly became one of the most powerful men in Russian politics. <laughs> <laughs> Which only in Russia, folks. Right. So. I'm excited to tell you all about it, and I think uh, we should hopefully be able to have some good conversations uh, with some writers. Yes. 